Thank y'all for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors. Shout out to my boy Jay Popper over at Par Hopper Golf Apparel. Go check them out. Thank y'all for hooking us up with matching outfits for our creative vet uh golf tournament we're playing in if you are uh, around nashville may the second y'all guys need to be playing in the charity golf tournament for creative vets go look that up two pilots distillery uh knife a month underscore shop on instagram nobles networking gridiron coffee derm dude check them out for all your beard body and tattoo needs uh, Red Circle, our management company, the, the guys who distribute the show, look them up. Thank you for all the change you put in our pocket and hooking us up with all the corporate sponsors that run before, middle, and after. Uh, if you haven't seen what we're doing right now on TikTok with the uh, $100 truck giveaway, we got a 2001 Toyota Tacoma that we are giving away right now. All you got to do is go buy a $100 raffle ticket. We're selling 200 of them. We've already sold 50 tickets in the past three days. Uh, we're going to, as soon as we hit 200 tickets sold, somebody's going to win a, uh, a hundred dollar truck. It's a nice truck. It's a fun truck. It's a dirt road truck. It's a farm truck. It's a damn good time. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of having Mr. Scott Elmquist on my show and he shared the story of his son, David. Um, right after that, Mr. Scott was on another podcast and I caught a little bit of it and, uh, thought this young lady that hosts the show was very talented. I uh, found out her show was a good show and I uh, reached out to her and was like, Hey, would love to have you on my show. I love murder documentaries. Um, I'm big into that shit, true crime stuff. And, uh, I would like to present with y'all, uh, Miss Kayla Waters. She was nice enough to take a uh, time out of her schedule to do my show. So, uh, we'll see if we can talk some murder shit. Hey, Miss Kayla. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me on today. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you came. Well, I'm yeah, glad you did Zoom. Too. I don't know where yeah. the fuck you're even at. I don't know. Right? Yeah, I'm in Idaho. I didn't even Small know there were little Idaho. I didn't even know there were people in Idaho still. I know, right? Let alone people that are like podcasting. I, I didn't. I thought like y'all still like horse and carriage type bullshit over there. Yeah. I didn't know you had podcasters. We're just potatoes, potato farmers. No. Yeah. Still, everybody has an AM radio. Yeah, absolutely. Phones. Yeah. Yep. I, I literally know nothing about Idaho. It's honestly pretty small. It's been growing a ton lately. Like, I think it's one of the top states that's been growing. So a lot of people are moving here for some reason. It's it's really pretty. There's a lot of, you know, wild country out there. That's pretty much it. Well, uh, you got my attention because because uh, Mr. Scott, I thought the world of him. I appreciate yeah, very much that too. he shared his story, his family story with us. And mm -hmm. um, I figured that if he thought highly enough of uh, of you, to be on your show, um, then I needed to pay attention to you. So uh, that's where I was like, hey, let's check this girl out. And then uh, yeah, absolutely. So you seem pretty legit. So I'm, I'm nervous. Well, thank you. I'm always nervous about uh, having other people on my platform uh, uh -huh. that are that have shows because that's kind of like, a, you know, not to sound like an arrogant bastard. Um, it's kind of like a stamp of approval. You know, it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like saying, hey, this person's cool. Go check them out because we've had some people that like because of like their social media following like I would have uh -huh. them on the show and then they would start podcasts and like it would be horrible and people <laughs> really would, yeah like people would come back to me and they was like why would you tell me to go listen to this shit 
They were like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like, my bad. I thought they were cool. I thought I thought they were cool. And it would just be like almost hate speech. Oh, and, really? Yeah, well, I think I'll live up to the expectation, hopefully. Well, the majority of our listening audience is women. And half uh-huh. of them are probably thinking about like, you know, murder documentaries right now. They're either listening to oh, one yeah. or thinking about one. So, you know, you're probably going to be in a fan favorite any fucking way. Oh, good. I'm glad. I know women, they true crime is their genre for sure yeah if they're not thinking about killing their husband they're probably going to one day Um, probably (laughs) what got you into it anyway so me and my mom actually are who started this podcast about seven months ago so true crime exposed and we've just both always had this big passion for true crime not just like about the stories for entertainment but actually about advocating for the victims so we had this idea a few years ago and I just worked on it over a couple of years. I had a ton to learn because I'm just, you know, I'm just doing this myself. I had never done podcasting or anything. So I learned a lot over the last couple of years. We were finally able to launch it seven months ago. And I just grew up on these true crime documentaries. I pretty much watched Dateline with my grandma 24 seven, Keith Morrison. He's my hero. Nice. So that's really what got me even, you know, starting to think about it. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, How many episodes have you done so far in seven months? So we're at 31 episodes. We do an episode every week that we release on Wednesdays. That's cool. It, it It's weird to me. Uh, I'm guessing you, uh, do you have a job? You have a job outside of that, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I work full time. Okay. okay. So it's always weird to me because uh, I forget because this is my job. Right. I, I always forget that some people have a job too. <laughs> I, it, it, no, it, totally. It's just, just different for me because when somebody says, I only put out one episode a week. The first thought in my head is how the fuck does this person do this? But then I forget, then I forget some people just did this for fun and they're growing it. And then eventually they probably want to get to a higher level, but right right now it's a hobby, you know, and it's something like that. Absolutely. And it is my goal. Hopefully one day it becomes my job because it's definitely what I'm the most passionate about. So that is kind of, you know, the end goal, but yes, for now I am working with it. So working full time and podcasting with that. Well, the fact that you have at least one episode coming out a week, the consistency of that is big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have had to, there's a, we're going to Texas next week for a trip uh, for the show. And then for like a friend's birthday and everything. And um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, Oh yeah. I hope I make it back. Um, (laughs) I hope my liver does anyway. And, yeah, uh, it might not. One of the girls that's going to be there, her name's Kate Stinson. She's one of my real good friends, and she has a show. And I mm-hmm. have had to holler at this young lady time and time and time again because she is a superstar. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah, she's a fucking beast. That's awesome. And she is not consistent. She's building her studio right now. She's put it all over social media the past couple of days, and it looks amazing. But I've and she thanks me all the time on social media and the stuff she does, because I've literally had to stay on her ass about being consistent. Yeah, but, that, but that's all she has to do. So it's nice to hear you being consistent with it, because there's that's the hardest part with a lot of this. People don't get yeah. it is the talents there for a lot of people. But if podcasting, you don't get an instant gratification. 
Like no. it, you don't. And that it, it scares people away real quick. Like, yes, that's where you hear like the pod fade and all of that. It, I think you really like, if you're just starting out like me, you really have to give it years yeah I, to get in it's weird like i'm i'm one of the uh i'm one of the freaks like i'm one of the ones that had a following go from social media to country radio to a podcast so like right off the bat i was doing on my first episode did like i think it was 1500 downloads on the first episode i did that's incredible i love so, it so like it was stupid so like when i looked at the numbers i thought it was low like right <laughs> so like i thought like the first episode when it got 1500 downloads i was like oh i'm failing like i didn't invested all this money i mm-hmm. i'm thinking joe rogan gets fucking 10 million an episode i am screwed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i am so screwed here and uh anyway i looked up the numbers in it and it was just like oh dude you're fine like you're, you're more than fine yeah, but, you're like, they're like, you're killing it. Yeah, 1500 like, on the first episode. Like, how the fuck did that happen? And then 16 months later, where we're at now. And yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's just like, oh my God, like, it's crazy. But uh, you told me the numbers you were doing another day for a week, for a week at a time. That's good. You, it's very good for, for, you know, for where you're at right now. You're, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how it's been growing. And I think and, it's just up from here. And also, too, you have a professional setup. People don't realize how uh, important that is. Right. Um, yeah, that's a lot of people when because uh, there's so many podcasts out there now, they just don't understand that when you start reaching out to people, the first thing that they're going to they get in their minds. I have to say this following statement to almost every message I send people is like, hey, look, uh, I'm very credible. You can check the rankings. I've been as high as 73 in the world at one point in yeah. time. Like mm-hmm. I'm not some dude in his basement that don't have his shit together. Right. Because uh, there's some people that don't have their shit together and, yes. and it's not good. Right. It, it's not good at all. And uh, like you, you look like you have a very good setup. Like it's, it's, it's hard to find. It's, it's well, very, thanks. very hard to find. I'm really, you know, going for it here. I'm, I plan on being consistent and just kind of, you know, building from here and just going up in content and all of that. Well, one thing I don't know if you know that you have too, you've got the tone. I don't know if anybody's oh, ever, yes. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> I'm ever, glad. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that before. When it when it comes to radio or podcasts or whatever, uh you have a certain tone that people just it resonates with them. And you well, and your voice is fine. You have a very I, good tone. I really appreciate that. What's funny is I started recording my first episode almost a year before I finally put it out. And what's hilarious is that I, so my mom's my co-host. I tell all the stories. I do all of the research and all of that. So I made her re-record our first episode with me probably 10 different times. And she was getting so annoyed of me, but I could not stand listening to myself. So whenever someone says that they like my voice or, you know, that it sounds good, I really appreciate it. Cause that was something I just told myself, you know what, you're not going to like listening to yourself get past it just put it out there and if people like it great and if they don't then they don't have to listen uh no one likes their voice you know that right yes and i did i kind of researched it and everyone was like just put it out there There, there's not a single person there's musicians like that's i'm in the the music world as well Mm -hmm. And, and there's not a musician that likes their voice 
Right. It's just it, weird to listen to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's like that, awkward. Yeah. You don't hear what everybody else hears. No. Yeah. There's, no. but if you heard me sing, I sound like a fucking dying cat. Like I sound <laughs> horrible. I do horrible. too. And there mm. are, there are women that have told me I can sing. Now, yeah, you don't hear it very far. Yeah, are, mm-hmm. are here a lot now. You don't, and most of the time they're <laughs> shit faced when they say it. And it's probably oh, yeah. because the radio's turned up way too loud. Uh, but they'll be like, oh, no, you can sing. It sounds very good. Or they're just kissing my ass at the time. I really don't know always which one it is. <laughs> but uh, I think this, your frequency or whatever, your tone, it just, you know, to some people, it, it resonates with them. Well, thanks. I love that. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, so what was your, I'm curious, what was your first episode? Who was, so our, who was it on? So our first episode was actually on the murder of Angie Dodge. And it was a really cool episode. Um, something that I think we do a little different in our podcast. So we do tell the true crime stories, just kind of like all the other true crime podcasts. Like we go through the story, all of that. I tell it, narrate it. And But what we also do and what's really cool is about once a month, I do try to interview people that are close to a case. So that's kind of how I got involved in David's case with his family. So I have like four or five episodes that are include these interviews. So in the case of Angie Dodge, she was murdered and there was a man named Christopher Tapp. He actually was wrongfully convicted in her murder for 20 years. And then even when he was let out, he was still known as the murderer in her case, but they let him out kind of by dropping this rape charge. So he wasn't actually exonerated until genetic genealogy came forward and they found the real murder and they exonerated him. So he actually came to my house because this is a case right out of my hometown and I was able to interview him. So there's a bunch of pieces of our interview spread out throughout that episode where he really kind of helps take my listeners through firsthand his experience in being coerced into a wrongful confession. So I, that was a case that I've been obsessed with since I was in high school. So I found it really cool that Christopher was willing to come and talk to me about his time in prison, his wrongful confession and all of that. So that's cool. cool That's cool. How did you get in touch with him? So I, when I had the idea to do a podcast, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to message all these people and see if they'll get involved with me. I wanted to do something a little bit different because there's a ton of true crime podcasts out there. Yeah. So I just messaged people on Facebook and he messaged me back and he said he would be willing to help me. And I don't actually pay people for interviews, but this was my very first one. And I just wanted to, you know, I was a nobody. I was nothing. I didn't even have a podcast yet. So I told him, you know what, like, I'll pay you for your time. If you want to help me, if you want to come interview with me. And he just wanted me to pay to get his daughter's hair done. I, I, have That's a cosmetology cool. license. So he wanted me to do his daughter's hair, but I didn't do hair at that time. So I was like, you know what? I'll pay for your daughter to get her hair done. And so that's kind of what we did. I paid for his daughter's hair and he came on my podcast. That's cool. Uh, I think yeah. I, I think I've done two, 212, 220 episodes somewhere in like in that range. And that's awesome. In 16 months, like something like, I don't know. It's, it's uh-huh. been it's been a good bit. I That's think I, incredible. I think I paid for gas like one time for somebody. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But know. I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got. I've given away a lot of free shit. Like I've given away shirts right. upon shirts upon shirts. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had to tell one guy one time to go kiss my ass because he asked for three hundred dollars. You're but, like, no, sorry. Yeah. That was guy was a piece of shit, though. Um, oh, really? And it's uh, like you're giving people this platform. I think once you kind of have a platform established, it's, well, you know, it, they want to come on and tell their stories. Well, this guy was way bigger than me on social mm-hmm. media, like mm-hmm. on TikTok. But yeah. but what his deal was, was like he didn't realize he's a moron anyway. And uh, <laughs> he didn't realize like in that world, he was huge. But in this world, he like, was nothing. He was nothing like in the outside world of TikTok. He was nothing. And it was like, bitch, I have an award in radio. Right. Like, Like, I'm not paying you $300 to come on my show. Please kiss my big fat ass. Like, (laughs) I would have done the same thing. He ended up doing the show for free. (laughs) Oh my gosh, he did. Yeah. I love it. I got, I, I mean, I might look like the most Caucasian motherfucker you ever seen in your life, but I've got some hood in me. I've got a whole lot of gangster. Um, who Sometimes have you, you need it. Have you had several people that you've interviewed uh, or had other folks on with your show? Yeah, I actually have. Um, a little bit after I covered the case of Angie Dodge, I covered the case of Stephen Augustine. He lived in New York and he died. He actually was beaten so badly with like a bat that his skull sunk in and he didn't end up dying till months later, they actually said he died of COVID. And because of that, they never brought charges forward for murder against the guy who beat him, which clearly he was only in the hospital because of his injuries. And he was on a ventilator. COVID just ended up being one of the things that he had. And so he did die as a result of his injuries. And the the guy who beat him before he died, he only got charged with a misdemeanor assault. And he spent, I think if I remember right, like 30 days in jail. So I actually got to interview Stephen Augustine's mom. Her name's Donna Augustine. And I've become really close with her. Actually, she's very sweet. She messages me all the time, updates on what she's doing. She's trying to get charges brought against um, this man who, you know, beat her son. Who's been the most memorable interview or the, the, maybe not even the interview, the most memorable moments you've had so far are the most, are the most shocking moments you've had. Um, honestly, I've done a couple recently that were really hard cases to do. So of course I did, um, David's story, the one, the same one that you did. Yeah, that's fucking, that's rough, dude. Yeah. And talking with his dad, Scott, I like, he brought me to tears multiple times. Scott cried with me on the phone and I was just like heartbroken while I was talking to him. So that was actually a really tough interview that brought a lot of emotion out of me right before that. I did an interview with a lady named Casey and her sister went missing with her daughter. So I think if I remember right, her daughter was about one years old and they both went missing. And so that one was really hard. I actually talked to her for three hours and I took pieces of her interview and put it in. That episode is super long. It's two hours, but she was just like, Casey was so incredible. She's just like doing a ton of legwork. So talking with her was like really motivating, really inspiring. It was pretty cool. You, you know, just a, a little bit of advice on it. Those long episodes will end up being your best ones. Yeah. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever scare away from doing a long episode. 
Oh, well, thank you. Because I have done a lot of long episodes and sometimes people are like, well, they're too long for no, me. And I, no. I'm like, I have to get this information in there. So that yeah. is one of my big things is like, I cannot stop myself from putting all the information no. that I can get into my episode. First off, that's exactly right. You right. want you want every bit of information you can get mm -hmm. uh, when you're telling a story. Long winded is better because it's you you're painting a picture in the listener's mind. The more Absolutely. detail you give, the better of an image that listener has in their mind. Uh, I agree. So I mean, it's, it's just a better picture you're painting. Um, but also too you just connect better with your listener. You're, you know, mm -hmm. how many times have you watched a movie and by the time you went off, it was just like, that was just too short. Like there just wasn't right. A, like it just didn't give me, it was okay. It was nothing wrong with it, mm -hmm. but I wanted more. And I, yeah, I totally feel the same way. Yeah. I really connect with podcasts that I listen to yeah. that are longer and give me all the info. Like I love listening to a podcast that's covered by, you know, maybe another podcast I listen to. And then this new one is giving me, you know, tons more information yeah. on a case that I haven't heard. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I've never been to a movie. And by the time it was over was like, damn, I really didn't want to watch any more of that. Like it's, it's, right. it's, it's always the opposite, you know, like you can never have too much of it, Yeah, but, but yep. you, you know, like you always fall short. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So don't ever, don't ever worry about it. If anybody says it's too Thank long, then, then, then fuck their attention span. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Like, plus, bye, don't listen. And plus also too, if you want to monetize that thing one day, if, if it's not already, that's more important to the sponsors. Oh yes. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I am glad because Uncle, long episodes are my thing. Yeah. Uncle Josh is here for you now. Yes. Yes. Thank uh, you. Uncle Josh is <laughs> Uncle Josh has got you. Uh, so uh, what's some that you're wanting to do in the future? Like, what are some of the shows that you uh, heard some people that uh, like you've reached out to that you really like? what's your one that you just like really, really, really want to do? Oh, gosh, like with a family like yeah. that would talk but, with me. Yeah. But what's your pop dream? What, what's the one that would just make it for you? Gosh, there are a few. I think a really cool one, a person that I know talks with people would be the Elizabeth Smart story. So remind me, remind me what that is, because I know that name. I'm not so, going to know a lot of the people that you say, but I know that name. No, you're fine. So Elizabeth Smart was kidnapped out of Utah, and I think she was gone for about nine months, maybe 11 months, and she was actually found alive and she, you know, survived this guy and his wife, they took her, she, they lived in the woods. They took her to California. At one point, they brought her back to Utah. Even when she was found on the street, she was so scared. They had her all covered and only her eyes were showing, but someone had reported just that they thought this girl, you know, was suspicious, maybe was Elizabeth smart. And even when they asked her the police, they asked, are you Elizabeth smart? She said no. And actually there was an incident months earlier where a police officer came to these guys, these people who have her kidnapped. And they were also asking, and she just was too scared to say that she was Elizabeth smart. This police officer didn't make her take down her headdress or anything because the guy who kidnapped her said it was against his religion to have his daughter show her face. And, you know, she went off and they weren't able to save her that time. So it's just a really crazy story. She survived. She's incredible. And I know she goes a lot of places and talks with, you know, 
different platforms or shares her story just to inspire people to like survive. And so I think she'd be like really incredible to talk to. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. We, we had a, we had a lawyer lady. I call her miss lawyer lady uh, on our show. And uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Miss Rachel. Miss Rachel's big on social media. Uh, she's a um, she handles like murder cases, and, or not okay. murder case, not murder cases. Fuck, I'm gonna mess this up <laughs> right from the get go. Uh, people that are wrongfully imprisoned. Oh, yeah. She helps them get out of prison or helps that them get like their amazing. stuff overturned. She's a mm-hmm. fucking, she's a badass. I she's love her. She's got to be. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love her. I get drunk and text her way too much. Her boyfriend <laughs> has to hate me. I like him. He's like, who is this Josh dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, he, I, I think he likes me, but I'd probably hate me. Uh, but anyway, so she knows people like in the same area as like the Casey Anthony stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Like they're all from Florida, Tampa area and everything like that. And uh-huh. like, I am doing my damnedest to like poke some stuff, like see sneakily be like, Hey, yes. what do I got to do? What do I have to do? I got to pay to line some shit up to where I can get Casey Anthony. Oh my gosh. I'm going to end up getting Casey Anthony. I don't know I- how, I don't know how, but I'm going to sit that bitch across from this table. And I'll I, listen, but I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. Oh. I hate that bitch, but I am going, if I ever get the chance, I am going. That's one of the ones I should have told you the other night, but I hate yeah. her so fucking bad. That, oh. Isn't she back in jail now anyway? I, I think she's. I don't know. Is she? I think I, she's in jail. Oh my gosh. She is like an actual monster. I do not understand how she she sound innocent. Oh no. She sucked somebody off. I a hundred percent. I promise you. <laughs> I actually her, agree. Her family has ties to the right person. That is a hunt. There's no fucking way. Well, there's, there's actually no a rumor way. that she was trading sex yeah. with her lawyer to pay him oh yeah so. i remember the doc i've watched every yeah there, there's a couple people that like every time something like that happens it just interests the shit out of me oh a hundred percent and it's all and it's always just like something that you you just can't wrap your like your brain around like how is so just the negligence that's involved in it mm-hmm. and hers is just so fucking negligent from oh. start to finish 100%. everything everything i don't think she killed the kid it, it, i i don't i think that uh i think that she was fucked up i think she wasn't paying attention to her kid i think she was being negligent i think the kid drowned into the pool and then i think the dad covered it up oh and, you do yeah i think the dad covered it up and I, think, I don't. I think the only person that's innocent in all of it's the mom. Really? Yeah. I think that Casey probably did it without her parents. I think that she gave her daughter some Xanax, quote, Zanny the nanny, who she says it was her child's, you know, yeah. kit, her child's uh, babysitter. And I think she wanted to party. I think her kid probably either overdosed or something. And yeah. You know, she went and dumped her the whole thing with her dad. I don't know. Her dad, I think, may be the only one who doesn't talk to her anymore. Her mom's super enabling. So I don't know if her mom knows more. If She just is in denial. 
but yeah, Casey Anthony sucks. She, I mean, I need, so the thing for me with Casey Anthony is I need no further evidence. Obviously you do in a court of law, but me, for me personally, I need no more evidence than the fact that she did not call 911 for 30 days. She did not report her daughter missing for 30 days. That right there, guilty. Oh yeah. I mean, there's no doubt yeah. about that. No, like, I, there's no way. There, there's so much of that. There's mm-hmm. so fucking much of the Casey Anthony stuff that just doesn't make sense. There's no. there's this so so much of it that just drives me fucking insane. There's- oh, she's a huge liar. She's like the biggest entitled brat. I can't stand her. I honestly don't think if she's not a very attractive white girl in Florida, I don't think she gets treated the way she gets treated anyway. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. Yeah, no, it it one hundred percent is. She was a young girl who wanted to party, and her poor little baby Kaylee lost her life because of it. I think what happens though, I think I think if she's not already, I really wish, I really wish uh, the person who helps me, like when I've got people here during the day, was sitting uh-huh. at the computer across from me right now. Uh huh. Could look it up for me to see if she actually I can look it up on my phone. To see if she's in jail right now. Um, oh my gosh! Because if she's not, then she's gonna be one day. She's gonna end up back in jail one day. I think I, what's gonna end up happening to her is she in jail? Is she in jail? If y'all hear me talking to my phone, it's because eh, I'm. Y'all know me. I can't. Because spell. I am. Yeah. There you go. Is she in jail? There we go. Thank you. Now. Um. I think she's going to end up telling like she's going to end up where she snitches one day. Yeah. I, I, th- I think she's going to tell on her dad. I think her dad covered it up. You do. E- every bit of it. <laughs> I, I personally don't think he's involved at all. I think that her lawyer is a piece of shit that threw her dad under. And I don't know, because I think her parents, they were shocked that first day that they discovered her car. And And then I think they did go on to realize like, oh shit, like our daughter killed our granddaughter, but her dad to me does seem actually really genuine, but her mom seems that she, like I said, is either in denial or she knows more, but I mean, her mom called that very first day and they got the car and, you know, she calls 911 and she says, it smells like there's been a damn dead body in here. Well, there was, there was a dead body in there. And then later on, she tries to backtrack like, oh, no, there was like pizza in there that was left there for, you know, the whole month and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, she's she's in prison right now. She is. Yeah, I thought I I didn't know that. I I thought so. I thought I was right. Uh, July the 15th, 2021, she was sentenced to four years in prison. I thought I thought so. Wow. For what? Uh, it's don't know. It's fine if you don't know. It's perjury. I'm pretty sure it's she, she got caught lying about some stuff. Wow. Um, because like there was a civil case that was brought against her. If I'm right, like once again, I'm having to like retrace my fucking memories and shit. No, here. of course. But I'm pretty sure what happened is after the case, when she was acquitted of everything, mm-hmm. there were things that that they knew that she lied about that she purged herself. And they ended up going to get her for that. They could never prove oh. that she killed her child. No. But they knew that she lied in court. So oh, yeah. since they knew that she lied in court, 
I'm pretty sure they took her and gave her the maximum they could give her for lying in court. Well, I'm glad. I hope she's getting her ass beat by the other inmates in there. Have you? Uh, you seem like a very good person. I'm. I used to not be. I, I've been <laughs> to jail before. Like, uh, oh, you I, have? Yeah, I went detention center. Like, I've been to a daycare. I've been uh-huh. to, a, but only for like I've not done hard time. Like, I've done like no, 90 days at a rehab detention center when I was uh-huh. young. So, yeah. But there's one thing that I will tell you that uh, does not matter who you are, uh, a criminal, whether you are a woman or a man. If you hurt children, uh, criminals, they could have done the worst shit on this planet. They could have robbed, murdered, whatever. But Mm -hmm. if you fuck with children, they will fucking destroy you. I will guarantee there is a big black bitch named Bertha right now that is beating the shit out of Casey Anthony every single day. Good. And I'm, I'm happy with that. Oh, I am I'm too. okay with that. I, if I you hurt you, children, yes. If you hurt children, I am good. Absolutely. I am good with that. Absolutely. Am I good with it? I am a mm-hmm. thousand percent good with it. Yes. I'm glad that's a thing in prisons that the people who hurt children get hurt. Yeah, like, abs- absolutely. What, um, let's, let's, let's think, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Uh, another one that got acquitted that me and you talked about the other night mm-hmm. that I just, uh, just fucking always just didn't understand was the OJ stuff. Have you ever drove down or dove down the OJ stuff on your show? I have not dove into it on my show. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to cough for a second. You're good. Cough all you need to. <clears throat> Most white women cough when we bring up the name OJ. You get, oh, get all choked I up. I hate OJ Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my a, gosh. God, that's a, sorry. Sorry, Nicole. RIP. That's not funny, but it is. I just made a death joke. I've never, I've never made a, a you death know what? joke before. Sometimes humor does have to be dark. It's supposed to. God, you just make a black joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just got me canceled. You just made the first black joke. Oh no! Of all people, Lee no, Tucker. That wasn't Lee, me. Lee took, Tucker is somewhere proud that. of you. Lee Tucker that is somewhere proud me. of you. I know it's a joke. No, it's that's a, funny. It is supposed to be. No, but really, I I absolutely hate OJ. I'm actually super passionate about his case. You know, I guess I can't. I don't know if I can technically say he did it because he was acquitted, but he fucking did it. You can say it all you want to. Okay. Yes. He wrote a fucking book that said, if I would have done it. Yes. And it was all the stuff that he literally did. And he had this huge history of domestic violence. I don't know if you've seen those like um, audio yeah. tapes or heard them. And they are so sad and no one did anything because he's this, you know, hot shot NFL, you know, former M- NFL player. He's rich. And the other thing with OJ is that he didn't only get off because he's this rich, you know, fo- former football player and he's famous. He also a big part of that came in with, it was a really racially tense time in California. His trial concluded just, you know, right after the Watts riots happened. And just this whole time in California was really big, a, a really big racial divide. And then in his trial, this shitty L.A. officer, Mark Furman, you know, they came forward that he Mark was fucked everybody. He, he did. He screwed them over big time because, you know, he lied. I think he lied under oath about his use of the N word. And then 
it was actually this is the attorney that worked on Casey Anthony and OJ. Who was it was Patrick McKenna. He was the one in the OJ trial that was able to bring that evidence forward that proved that Mark Furman was racist and was shitty. And he ruined a ton of the trial, huge part of why OJ got off. And so, yeah, and I guess he actually helped in Casey Anthony's defense. So, yeah, OJ, OJ got off more than just Mark Furman, though. I, I really, OJ has got shit on somebody. I don't know. See, like, there's these, uh, I don't know if you like conspiracy theories that go along with your, uh, I, I love to hear conspiracy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you got all these rumors of, are these conspiracy theories that are Hollywood elite parties and all this kind of stuff. And the, a lot of these people have got like st- stuff on top of other stuff. They, they've got pictures, they've got stories and all this other things. Mm-hmm. OJ keeps getting out of situations. Oh my gosh, I know. And I guarantee you, he has got something on somebody. Probably. I don't, I don't know what it is. I could, I mean, there's no telling what it is, but there's no way that he's got away with everything that he's got away with. Plus, also, OJ has always denounced the African American community. If, yes. if if OJ if OJ would have been a thug, it would have never the shit. It would have went no. completely different way. No, he said, "I'm not OJ. No, I'm not, I'm not black. I'm, I'm OJ. OJ. Yeah, like, the, like screw yeah. you. Yeah, OJ's a piece of shit. Yeah, he is. Black folks, black folks hate OJ now. Back then, as they should. <laughs> uh, yeah, no shit. Black folks now don't like the motherfucker. Back then, when he got acquitted, they was all about it. And then they were like, now, they're like, fuck this guy. Uh, yeah, nah. yeah, now he's got something on somebody. He has had a lot Probably. of ties to some really, really big fucking names and politics and other things. And it's just where he's, he he's, I think he's untouchable. I think he's got something on somebody so big, he's untouchable. And it even, wouldn't surprise me. And even when and even when he went to prison this last time, he when he's gone to prison, he hasn't done real time. That's what a lot of folks no. don't understand is the prisons that he's gone to has been daycares. They've been yep. he's got a sofa bed. He's got, you know, it's not like he's doing hard. He's not eating prison food. He's got a he's tennis so court. protected. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing, you know, he's not doing, he's not doing shit. He's so, and is that when he went for, you know, the that whole thing in Vegas, yeah, stealing saw, all his stuff yeah, back? Such a dumbass. The biggest dumbass. The motherfucker but, made a TikTok a year or two ago when oh. somebody did, I can't remember what the fuck it was, but he, somebody killed somebody. And I really like it. I'm just drawing a blank now. I should probably look it up, but I'm going to, it don't matter because OJ ain't fucking listening to this. Yeah. Uh, but he literally was like talking about killing on the TikTok. It's and it's like, and it's just like you have the balls of a fucking silverback gorilla, my dude. Like you he really does. Like, yeah. what is he doing? Like, who do you think you are? Well, he, he knows is he, a person who's gotten away knows, with literally everything. He knows he's untouchable. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, he's like fucking Bill Cosby now. Bill Cosby knows yeah. that he's not. You can't fuck with him. 
It's they, shitty. It sucks. I just got done watching the Bill Cosby documentary that uh, Showtime came out with in the past okay, couple of months. Okay, I haven't watched it. I it's, need to. Holy fuck, Bill Cosby. Good. He sucks. Uh, Bill Cosby sucks dick. Yeah. Uh, yep. But uh, you know what? Kayla, you're the first woman that and I brought Bill Cosby up with this for. So if we go on with any murder stuff. I'm going to ask you this. Yeah, I'm going to ask a female perspective on this. And it's completely off okay. the murder stuff. Okay. And I mean, you have not had any kind of conversations about this. So no, it might, it might, it might get, <laughs> get fucking weird for a minute. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're married, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. So I'm going to need you to pretend for two minutes you're not married. Okay. Okay. Back in the day when you was a single young lady, mm-hmm. uh, if a young man invited you over to their house at two o'clock in the morning, and you're mm-hmm. you're single, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're single. What do you think you're going over to somebody's house for at two o'clock in the morning? The color, or do you do you think like some extracurricular activities are going on? I yes, I would okay. think if I'm going over to someone's house, maybe okay. you know. Okay, yes. Th- this is the only problem that I have with the Bill Cosby shit. The women mm-hmm. that accused him thirty years after the stuff happened. None of them were forced to do anything. Every Mm -hmm. one of the stories were this. Bill Cosby invited every one of these ladies up after shows. Mm -hmm. He then offered them drinks. He then was like, do you know what quaaludes are? Um, I've heard of them, a drug, right? Yes, it was a very popular drug in the 70s and 80s. Quaalude was like a, uh, it was a narcotic that if you would literally wait, if you would resist the urge of passing out Mm -hmm. 15 minutes in or whatever it would be after it kicked in, if you would not pass out and you would stay up, it was like a fucking great high. Like you were just having a fucking blast on it, whatever. If you could get Mm -hmm. past the falling asleep part, um, this is a great high. And, uh, Bill would offer it to these people. He never, okay. there's only like two out of the 60 cases that they talk about in the whole documentary that they're like, he, they was already in our drink. Everybody else okay. says that they all, that Bill offered it to them and they willingly took it. Okay. So, so then Bill fucks them. Right. Like none of them are like, they, none of them ever tell Bill to stop. None of them ever say that Bill forced themselves on him. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's kind of like, did you start fucking with Bill and pass out? Like, I have, I, I'm kind of like, if you went to his place at two o'clock in the morning, you went up after a show, you're already drinking with him, then you take his drugs and then you end up fucking like, then you're going to accuse him of rape. That's kind of sketchy. Now, if he put something in your drink unwillingly, that's fucked up. Like, yeah, 100% fucked up. But there's some, like, I, I obviously, I've got a daughter. I don't want her doing any. I'm all about women being treated way better than any of that shit. Absolutely. But where's the line right there? Like, t- <laughs> where would the line be for you? Okay, so that's a super loaded question. But it, I have actually had this conversation before. Okay. Um, So 
for me, obviously rape is disgusting. It is the worst thing, like not the worst, I guess, because you know, you could kill somebody, but it is a horrible act. It is depraved. It's sickening. I don't condone that at all. Where (laughs) I'm trying to think how to say this. So if like for me, let's say, you know, I go over to a guy's house, maybe they're rich, maybe they're famous, whatever. And they, you know, they're trying to have sex with me. I'm sober. They, even if I'm drinking a little, we're both drinking together. Let's say they offer me something like, you know, oh, I'm famous. Like maybe, I don't know. I, if I agree, if I'm consenting and I'm sober and I have sex with them for my benefit to, you know, gain something from them and, you know, from their fame or whatever, then I would, I would consider myself consenting because I'm making that decision. However, where he did do the stuff with the quaaludes, that is kind of crossing the line for me. I think I probably wouldn't have taken them, but did everyone who took them really know what they do, really know how it would affect them? Because I definitely wouldn't want to take a quaalude, pass out, and then get, you know, have Bill Cosby having sex with me when I don't know. Yeah, but did but did you willingly take the quaalude? I think regardless of if they took the quaalude or not, then I think it is you know, that, that obviously messes them up enough that they aren't able to consent after that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it uh, seems like he's doing that on purpose. I think that's different than like offering something. Then no no woman or man should ever take a shot of tequila at a bar. I mean, I know. I, I feel like a quail. Don't you think like some no. drugs are worse than alcohol? No, I've Make seen, I've seen, effect. I've seen several, several men and women that whether they have been drinking or not take one shot of tequila. There's a reason why there's a song called tequila makes her clothes fall off. True. I, I mean, everybody <laughs> has a different tolerance. So that is true. I, I mean, so I have like my father, my father, for instance, father can drink beer all day long if he takes one shot of any type of liquor he's a completely different person uh-huh so uh and not a good person at that dad if you're listening uh don't <laughs> drink liquor dickhead uh <laughs> but uh no that's what i'm saying like there's a line there you have to self-regulate yourself i'm not saying that yes. what bill cosby did is right at all whatsoever. Um, but I'm also saying in some of those instances, like you just kind of said, you said that, and I believe this because there's even, it's funny how you said it because there's a couple of those stories that where there's women. One of them I remember was a singer and they mm-hmm. were going up there because they thought by hanging out with Bill Cosby, that they were going to further their career. Right. So they were trying to party with Bill Cosby. They're trying to have yeah. fun with Bill Cosby. Now, if I'm trying to have sex with someone who's famous to get me more famous, yeah. that's me. That's my choice. I'm yeah. I'm wanting to have sex with them to get famous. And I can think I could handle that. So, I don't think I can handle the drugging. Part. Yeah. Well, I, but but what if it wasn't drugging if she would have got famous? What if it's only she was drugged now? What if she took the Quaalude willingly? They all took the Quaaludes willingly. Okay, just follow me here. Just step A, step B, step C here. Mm-hmm. What if 
He offered. She could have said no, but she said yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. She took it because she wanted to have fun just like everybody else that was at the party. And remember, or obviously, there's not only just them at the party. There's several people there. So mm -hmm. it's not like he's just offering it to one person. He's offering it to a lot of people. Okay. She takes it just like everybody else did. Okay. Then later on, they end up sleeping together. But she doesn't end up getting famous. Then later on in life, all of a sudden, 20 years later, she's drugged. Now, what if same thing happens, but instead of her not getting famous, Bill Cosby was able to make her famous? Mm -hmm. Is it still drugging or was it she just had a good time? This, this is where you find one common thing with a lot of these women in in uh this documentary and i'm not saying it's fair i'm not saying it's right but i have to play devil's advocate for a lot of things right now mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these women were women who did not their careers did not flourish right and you don't hear any women who bill cosby were around whose careers did flourish accusing him of anything but you do hear women in the Jeffrey Epstein case. Well, that where guy's their a careers, fucking complete piece of shit. He, he is a shit. But so, those women, you know, there are ones whose careers did flourish and they still feel like they were taken advantage of, which and that's that's the thing. But you're comparing two different people here, though. You're, you're, you know, what I'm but, saying? we was talking about but Bill, it, but now you're talking about Jeff. We was, but they're very, I feel like they're very similar circumstances outside of Epstein's children stuff. He, I mean, obviously he is the worst. I hate him. But with, when it comes to people that, you know, the, these situations with adult women, they are very similar. And when it crosses that line of them taking advantage versus someone who's just wanting to hang out with them to become famous, there, there is a line. And with Bill, it sounds like the, the whole drugging thing to me, it sounds like he is a straight predator. He is doing that on purpose because he knows they're going to pass out. He knows they're not going to be able to really consent or not, whether or not they chose to take that drug, he, that, that doesn't give him the right to have sex with them just because they chose to take a drug that may or may, you know, may or may not affect them and make them pass out. So to me, Bill Cosby full on is a predator. Same with Epstein when he's taking advantage of these people. Like if you're drugging people or you're forcing people to have sex with you, that obviously that's where the lines cross for me with the drugging. So to me, I feel like the people Bill Cosby did it to, if they were drugged, it, if they took that quaalude willing or not, I do believe that they were raped by him. I, I agree with you. I was just, I was trying to get to that point. <laughs> yes, that, of yeah, course. I, I, I was trying to get to that point was the thing. Is, yes. I think that some of the people that – I think Bill had a game plan from the very beginning. And yeah, I, and that's I, what it sounds like. Yeah, I think, I think he had a game plan. What I was trying to make the listeners and everybody that is a, that's going to hear this kind of pay attention to is that if you put yourself in that situation – it's, it's, it's a very gray line. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's very, it can get jaded. It can get to where there was several times when I was watching the documentary and one of my, one of my, 
well, he's like my big brother, Lee Tucker. Uh, we were watching, mm-hmm. he watched it a day or two before I did. He's like, you got to fucking watch this. And yeah. me, me and him had the conversations about it. And then afterwards I had a conversation with somebody else about how women have turned, uh, sex. They've you, not you, but women have uh weaponized sex now towards men to where yes. not every woman, but now a man cannot even put his hand on your back without it being sexual assault. I, I, I yeah, I, you know, I can't walk up to a woman at a bar and be like, Hey, can I buy you a shot? And then after a couple shots or whatever, put my hand on your shoulder without mm-hmm. you saying, Oh, he sexually assaulted me. So yeah. it's like Bill Cosby deserves to be called yes. a predator. Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein deserves to be called a fucking Because they predator. have intention behind yes. that. And that was the point of it is when you have intent, you're a fucking predator. Oh, well, wait. I just realized, which probably the listeners are going to think I am the biggest dumbass and so will you. Okay. I was not re- actually referring to Jeffrey Epstein. I was referring to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Oh, Epstein, <laughs> Epstein's a fucking predator too, though. Epstein, yes, he is like with the kids, with the young. You're girls. talking about the Hollywood guy, though. When we were talking about the Hollywood stuff, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Sorry, okay. guys, I got that all messed up. They're like I, this dumbass. I really, I really yeah. didn't know what you were going with that while ago, but I was just gonna <laughs> fucking ride with it. You're like, okay, no, because Epstein didn't get people famous. Yes, the, nope, everyone, I'm an idiot, but the, their the names are too one, similar. The worst one, though. The worst one. Let me look it up because I'm good. I don't fucking remember his name. Is the Michigan State doctor? Um, um, the one with the gymnastics. Mi- Michigan State gymnastics yep. doctor. Oh yeah. There's a there's a fucking doctor a doctor a documentary. I'm not even fucking drinking tonight. What is wrong <laughs> with me? That's probably what's wrong with me is I'm not drinking tonight. Um, right. Is uh hold on a second, Siri. You're such a fucking bitch. Michigan State documentary. Gymnastics. Okay, hold on. We'll have him just a second because I want people. Larry Nasser. Um, yes. It's, it's called Athlete A. Yep. Watch mm-hmm. that shit. Larry yes. Nasser's the fucking worst of them all. He is. He's horrible. That guy. If you think the rest of them are having a hard time in prison, Larry Nasser is getting fucking railed by 12 oh, inches yeah. of floppy all, cock every day. All those girls were way underage. Yeah. Like, did, you, did you ever see the fucking dad in court that came over the rail? I don't think I did. Oh, my. This dude is my fucking hero. There's, yes. a, there's a video. There's a video. Uh, I wish I knew his name. Any of y'all can uh, Google it or YouTube it or whatever. It's the Larry Nasser trial, though. Um his daughter, and I think it might have been, I think he might have had multiple daughters that were molested by this guy. Oh, my gosh. But this dad has enough balls about him to where they let the parents at the end of the trial address the judge at sentencing time. Mm-hmm. And dude gets up there, and he's five feet away from him. And the guy says to the judge, judge, would you allow me as a father five minutes alone in a room with him just me and him and the judge says sir is pretty much as much as i would love to do that i can't and the guy asked him one more time he says judge please as a father Mm -hmm. would you please allow me five minutes in the room and the dad like a fucking g (laughs) says well judge i'm sorry 
and fucking leaps across the table yes. and, and fucking gets that ass. And then and, and was back. actually made contact with it. He got, I mean, he jumped on oh, him. Oh yeah. I don't know if he actually hit him, but he jumped on him. He got him. And then, what's, and then what's cool is the security guards, the security guards are like, cause the dad's fucking huge. Dad's like six, three, six, five. And the security guards, like you can tell they don't want to, like, they don't want to do their job. Like mm-hmm. they don't want to. Like, like they're, they're like, I don't want to get him like, off of like him. They, like they, he deserves they, this. They're on top of him. And mm-hmm. they're like, they're like, they're just like, hey, just lay there, please. Just, just like they're not yes. hurting him. They're not doing anything. It's like just lay there. Just like lay there. Just just please. But and I'm gonna get fucking choked up because the best part about it is me being a, a girl dad. All yes. right. Is his daughters are in the courtroom. Oh and, and his daughters are upset, but at the same time, they're like. Our fucking dad's got us. Like, like our dad is cool as hell. Like our fucking dad is standing up for us right now. And mm-hmm. we don't have a reason to be scared anymore. Like you can literally yeah. like see it on their face. That is incredible. It, I love it. And I'm telling you, like every time I've seen that video, it's just like, fuck yeah. Like, yes. Yes. I fucking love it. Cause that's that motherfucker deserved it. Like, what a uh, cool guy. Yeah, that dude, that dude fucks. Yeah, I have two daughters too. So, oh, well, you know, I, I know I'd, I, I'd, there'll be a true crime story about me if somebody fucks them up. Oh, you know 100%. Yeah, yeah. You'll be telling the Josh Terry true crime exposed one day. <laughs> yes. It same here. It won't be much to it. It'll be like somebody fucked with Gracie. They say, you know, Josh fucked them to death. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll go get AIDS and I'll give it to him, and then I'll just do bad shit for years on end to him. Um, yes. What was the other? Uh, there was another story that I wanted when we were texting the other day that I wanted yes. to make sure. You John Benet. Yep. John, John Benet. John Benet mm-hmm. is my all-time favorite. I yes. want to know before I tell you my theory on John Benet. I want to okay. know what you think happened with John Benet. So the hard thing for me in the John Bonet Ramsey case is that I actually truly cannot decide. So there are there's two things that I think could have happened totally opposite, but I don't know. So I'll tell you both of them. I think that her brother, if it had to do with her family, I think that her brother hit her with a object from his train set because in a documentary, I don't remember what one there's investigators that link this piece of the train set to the marks that match on her head, which she did get hit in the head, blunt force trauma. She actually didn't die, which is super weird until about two hours later when she was then strangled with the rope and the um, paintbrush that they garroted around her neck. And I find that super weird because if it was an intruder, why would they hit her in the head and then wait for two hours and then kill her. So, and all of this is happening inside their home. So I almost think maybe her brother Burke hit her in the head. She passed out. I don't know if her family panicked after she's not waking up for a couple hours and they decide, you know, to fully kill her. They, they're too scared to take her in the hospital. They don't want Burke to get in trouble. She seems like she's dying. They, you know, take her life, they cover it up because then that note is obviously written on the notepad, kind of in her mother's handwriting with all the material that was found inside the home. 
And so that's kind of what I think happened if it was the family. But then what really gets me is there is unidentified DNA found in her underwear and touch DNA on her, like the waistband of her pants and the DNA, the touch DNA and the blood in her underwear actually matches these, like it's the same DNA match and it's an unknown male. So that just gets me because how would that DNA be there inside her underwear? I don't get it. And that's the one piece of evidence. Everything else points me to her family. Everything else points me to a cover up within her home. But that one thing, the DNA not matching her family, just it makes me so I can't decide. The DNA evidence you're sitting there talking about uh, mm-hmm. is something that her mom and dad had to go get from somebody and bring back in. You think? Oh, absolutely. Her mom, and I, her mom went and messed around with somebody or something and brought it back in and smeared it there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, and I almost don't even know if it was semen yeah. from what I've seen. It might've even just been blood. Yeah. I mean, there, it's, I, I don't know, but th- it was definitely, it's definitely just the family. It I, wouldn't surprise me. I, that is what I think that yeah. o- the only thing that pulls me from that is the DNA. Cause it's like, well, whose is it? Can we match it? Who, uh, which one is the, is it the mom that's still alive and the dad that's dead or is it vice the dad versa? Had, the mom actually died from ovarian okay. cancer. Yeah. One so of, it's her dad, dad and brother. Okay, the, okay. When the dad is on his deathbed, you're going to find out what happened. I wonder. Yeah. No, he, he's not, yeah. he's, he's not going to go to one of them. You're going to find out. I don't think that that is going to end up being an unsolved mystery. I think no, when they say it's open and active. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think what happened and I think it's what most parents would have done. I think the brother killed her. I think, mm-hmm. it, I think that the brother was jealous because it's yes. obvious. I think that it's obvious that, that she was the favorite. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't he had a history of being really rude to her. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was just that she was the favorite in the house. I think she was the favorite of in the town that mm-hmm. she was the little superstar and in, mm-hmm. in everything. I think that he killed her that night. And mm-hmm. then I, I think that she didn't die right off the bat, like you said, but I think she was fucked up. And I think they knew. Yes. I think yes. they knew she was fucked up. And that there That's was what I think that there was no coming back from it. Like, yep. and even if they took her to the hospital, they're going to be like, what the fuck? Happened? This is unusual. Exactly. And then they were going to have one fucked up kid forever, one vegetable or whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to have a kid that was going to be locked up in a mental institution the rest of life. And they were having no kids or whatever. So I think mm-hmm. they chose what they thought were the lesser of two evils. So yeah. I think that's what happened. They wrote a stupid fucking note that made no sense. That was just that note was so ridiculous. It was two and a half pages long. Well, who you was know, so what fucking criminal sits there and takes time house. and writes a two page? I, I fucked up your kid. They're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to come into your house. I'm not going to write a note beforehand. I'm going to write a note when I get there all no. about how I abducted your kid. But then actually I'm going to kill your kid and yeah. leave her in the basement so that this ransom yeah. note means nothing because when you find your kid in your basement you, you're not yeah. going to pay me which they also wanted them to pay a hundred and eighteen thousand dollars it was the exact bonus right 
yes, his Christmas bonus that he yeah. just got. Yeah. No. So. Hey, they picked what was going to keep him around, keep the son around. And I'm surprised that when she died, the mother died. I was really surprised that it didn't get exposed then. Yeah. Maybe she wanted to protect her son. And I mean, there's other theories that maybe Patsy Ramsey is the one who hurt her. I guess that John Benet wet the bed a lot and it would make Patsy really mad. So a lot of people think Patsy hit her. And then obviously she was knocked out from that yeah, blunt force trauma. But I yeah, think it's the brother. Yeah, but haven't I saw like several things or read several things or they've talked about in the documentaries that the brother has had a lot of financial trouble. Don't they like bring that shit up now? I don't know. I haven't really heard about that, but I did watch an interview with him on the Dr. Phil show. Yeah. And like he rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I just like I just don't like it. The, the, it, re it the reason why weird. I bring that up, the reason why I bring that up, because if it was Patsy, if it was Patsy. He would sell that story. Right. If it was after she yeah. died, he would sell that story. Mm -hmm. Or or he's waiting until his dad dies and he's going to sell that story. Yeah. Hey, I he, wonder. No, no, you, you'll find out. You'll either find out on if it was. If it was the son, then I think the father is going to expose him on his deathbed. Mm -hmm. And make his son pay because he won't have to fucking see it. He won't have to watch it. Or when the father's gone, if it wasn't the the son, then he'll and it was the mother or the father, then the son sells it, sells the story. I hope so. I I hope that they are using because I think if they can track down who the DNA is from, they're gonna get a story out of that. So yeah. if it's someone who wasn't connected to this case, they're going to have a reason that their DNA was there or, you know, they're going to bring some sort of information or it's going to be the person that did it. So I'm hoping they're using genetic genealogy to track down the guy who did it. Or, I mean, whose DNA was in the underwear, but they, they won't say, they won't say, cause it's an open investigation. So hopefully it's a deathbed thing. Hopefully they do track it down with genetic genealogy and they can find answers that way. I don't know. It, it is it is a mind boggling case because everything points to the family, everything except that one piece of DNA. It, I think it's planted. I, I will forever, yeah. ever, ever, unless it ends up being like somebody that was involved in the pageants, unless it was like some oh. dude. I don't like I don't know. Like, I don't know if your kids are involved in pageants or whatever. Uh, I don't I hate the fucking kid pageants. So this is actually funny because I was thinking about this when I did it. So I don't really know about kid pageants because my kids aren't in it. I didn't do it as a kid. But what is funny is I do think there is a big stigma around beauty pageants. I actually did like four pageants when I was in high school. I won a title. Ooh, whatever. It was not a big deal. But I went into it not wanting to do it. And my mom actually made me do it because she wanted me to get scholarship money for college. And she just thought I could learn some good skills. And while there is the stigma that it's like all about looks and it's really stupid, I did learn a ton. So I learned a lot of interview skills. I learned how to present myself in front of people. So, and then all, everything I earned all the money I won all went towards college. So I do actually think there are really good programs for pageants. The kid ones, 
I don't know. I've heard people talk about, oh, I don't like how they're dressed. I don't like how they're so dressed up. Yes, I do think they totally overdo it with the little girls. They could, I think what would be beneficial is if they, you know, took took it down on the makeup, took it down on the dress and just really made it about these kids learning. So, but I haven't been involved in kid pageants. So I'm not sure if there's, you know, they're kind of learning things like I was as a teenager when I did it, but I, that is a big controversy in this case. Yeah. I hate, uh, I hate every single fucking pageant on the planet. And that, (laughs) that even is, uh, included like Miss America. Uh Uh-huh. Every one of them. I think, and you would think that fucking a 34-year-old man would love watching pageants as far as it, like <laughs> adult-ass pageants. I think they're stupid. I think that comparing women by looks is fucking barbaric and stupid. And I only say that for just a simple fact. I don't think women should be judged by their appearance. I, I lo- agree. I love, <laughs> I love a good set of ass and titties more than anybody else on this planet. <laughs> but teaching women especially... And I probably didn't think this way 10 years ago, but my daughter's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I don't like seeing my child look at people on our women on Snapchat or Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. Agree. And, and her being like, and luckily she's fucking weird like I am. So she don't give a <laughs> shit. No way. I'm blessed that she doesn't. But I've seen other girls that like the want to wear makeup now at 10 years old. Like oh we, yeah. No, had, my kids will not be doing that. Yeah, like she had, she, we had beta club today and mm-hmm. we saw the beta club kids and like some of them are her age. And this is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are yeah. you dressed like that already? Mm-hmm. We, we just went to Palmetto moon and like had to buy her some clothes and stuff. And like, there were crop tops already, like in her section. And my daughter was oh, like, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Gracie's like, uh, fuck no. I don't want any fucking crop tops. No, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I do agree with you that women should not be judged for their looks. The only thing with the pageants is I think it's a lot. There are, is a lot more that goes into it than looks, but when you're watching it on TV, you don't see that. So like, I agree that it's probably not a good example for our young daughters to be watching when you are in it though. There's like you actually do have to do this big interview process behind the scenes. That's not shown on stage. You have to talk about politics, a platform. You have to work with the community. So there's a lot of other things. You know, you know where you can do all that. You know where you can do all that stuff that you're talking about right now, though. Uh huh. Beta Club, 4H, FFA, FCA. Totally agree. Every yes. one of your school clubs. Or you can go put on a pretty dress, makeup, spend $2,000 on hair and dresses. <laughs> or you can volunteer at schools, boys and girls clubs, stuff like that, and make a difference in your community instead of just, you know, parading yourself out. And like, I'm not knocking what you did or anybody no. else. I'm just mm-hmm. saying there's a different method and you still get scholarships. There's still no, stuff. I, I, do. I do agree with that. I just, yeah. I, I think there are girls in there who are probably learning valuable lessons, but it would be nice to see them, you know, like crown someone who isn't just, you know, a tall, skinny, yeah. perfect, you ever seen, you, know, you ever perfect seen a, in the world's view. You ever seen a, a 200 plus pound girl win any of those things? No. And I do think that's kind of where the problem lies. So yeah, that's not I, fucking I think fair. They, 
no, I, I agree. I think the girls involved yeah. are learning, you know, things outside of beauty, but I think from the outside in, yeah. they see, need to like represent a wider variety of women. Yeah. See, I'm not one for like a lot of this. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Like, I don't, I'm all about everybody just being fucking happy. Like, I don't give a yes. fuck what, if you want to call yourself a, I don't know. I always pick on like the the transgender people. I love them. Like I love the <laughs> alphabet community. Yeah. Uh-huh, I love me too. I, I love anybody. Like I got a. Mm-hmm. I call the the trans people transformers. They love the show. <laughs> they give me a hard time. I, I give it. them a hard time. Like I, I love all them fucking weirdos because I'm a weirdo. Yes. Like I, right. I, I love me every, too. I love everybody. I don't absolutely. As long as you don't fuck with me and tell me how I'm supposed to believe, I'm not gonna fuck with you and tell you how you're supposed to. Like exactly how it, I feel. Stay out of my way. I stay out of your way. Respect me. I respect you. I want 100. you. I want you to be just as fucking happy as me. Me too. Um, but what aggravates me out of all of it is. You have all these people that are pushing for equality and they mm-hmm. like you won't they 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 just go after the weirdest shit. Like right now, everybody, you, you want to do podcasts for a living. I, you know, I'm wanting to be more successful in what I do. And they're attacking the people that, that are at the head of our industry right now for the things that they want to talk about. But you don't see them attacking like the pageant organizations for not having plus size women or oh, a hundred percent. I do like, agree. Things like that. So it's like, why are we picking and choosing? Like, no, I know. Like, why, it why, is. Yeah, it's, it's it very frustrating. I think I think everyone should just have the freedom to, yeah. like you said, be who they want, say what they want. I don't think they should be attacking people at the top of our industry. I'm assuming like maybe you're referring to Joe Rogan and oh, that's all my his fucking guy. culture right now. Oh, yeah. he, the thing about Joe Rogan, too. So me and my husband love him. We watch all his comedy. And the thing is, is that he's very in the middle. He's. He's not, you know, he's not against anybody, but, and he can have his freedom of speech. He can have whoever he wants on his show. He can do whatever he wants that. Yeah. That's do you know, do you know, he, he actually helped me a lot with some stuff as far as when, well, as far as like in radio, like learning from him Mm -hmm. And, and as far as you have to find your own way and nobody's going to teach you your own way to be successful in whatever you do in life. You cannot mimic anybody. Like you can be molded from certain things that you learn from other people, but you have to find what works for you. Yeah. You have to bring your own spice. Yeah. Like you have to understand what you're good at and roll with it. I know Absolutely. what I'm good at now a couple of years later. And that's why I like the show successful. And, uh-huh. and you have to know what your demographic is. You have to, you have to find yourself and your, your niche and everything. So right. like what pisses me off is he is so middle mm-hmm. and our democracy, our whole yep. government was set up to be not left, not right. But democracy is literally set up to be a compromise between two sides that do not agree. And that is literally what Joe Rogan puts out is, Hey, I'm going to put out the left view. I'm going to put out the rights view. And then he does it all. And it's your, it's your job as the listener to figure out what you believe in. And then it's all of our job to come together and find something that works for everybody. Because we all Mm -hmm. live in the same fucking place. Absolutely. He does a better fucking job of it than every politician 
out there. Yeah, he's incredible at just talking about all the topics. And none of those things do we we have to hear everything. We need to hear everyone's perspective because how can we ever make an informed decision about what we believe in if you know everything's censored? Yeah, you can't. There's no no, there's no fucking way you can. No. Uh, I have I have some very right people that are on my show. I have some very left people on my show. And I mm-hmm. have found that some of my favorite shows that I do are with very left people as long as they are respectful of yeah. your views too. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm I'm not I used to consider myself a very conservative. Mm-hmm. I I used to think I was. But then I started getting very aggravated with the right mm-hmm. just for the simple fact that there's a couple things I don't agree with. And the second yeah. that I would not agree with them, totally. they would get pissed off at me. And it, it yeah. would be, it would be like, now hold the fuck up. Why are you getting mad at me? I don't have to agree with every fucking thing you say. No, you can. Everyone, everyone yeah. has a different life experience yeah. and everyone's going to have their own opinion. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm very much in the middle. It just yeah. depends on the subject. What way, you know, yeah. what I think. And I think it's ridiculous to be so passionate about trying to force everyone to view things the way you view them. Just talk yeah. openly about your views. You can, you know, give people like some fresh perspective, but they do not have to agree with you. I think you need to do more shows uh, that aren't just about uh, true crime. Yeah. Well, thank you. I do want to kind of grow. Like I want, I do plan on one day doing more than just what I'm doing. So I'm trying to throw you some, I'm trying to throw you some manifesting into the world. I'm trying to throw you some curveballs right now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying. That's, that's what I'm trying to do on purpose right now is throw you some curveballs and see how you handle it. And you're doing pretty fucking good. Well, thank you. I'm so happy. I was super nervous. <laughs> Why were you nervous? I've just, I, so a lot of my shows, of course, since I'm telling these stories, they're pretty scripted. Like I have an outline and I was just like, gosh, I hope I'm don't sound like the biggest idiot on here, which I did a little bit with the um, Harvey Weinstein mix up. But besides that, I'm feeling good. <laughs> uh, if you only knew the fuck ups that I've made on this show, <laughs> you have no idea hey look i the thing about this the best advice i have give given to anybody that has tried to start a show or already had a show running or whatever look everybody just wants to be involved in the conversation yeah they don't don't give a fuck if you mess up i used to be so just my asshole would be tight while we started recording (laughs) and i'm scared and, and i would be like the first probably five or six episodes are horrible and I, oh, and, I really? and I and I would be like I would because it's I was so used to coming from radio to where you're on a strict time limit with your comments. You yeah. everything has to be precise uh, yeah. and everything. So I was like, okay, this is what it has to be. And I finally was like, no fuck, it doesn't. Like this isn't the same structure. When you realize that this is just people that want to be in the same room with you. Like you have yes. to paint a picture for them. They want to be sitting at the table with you. They want to be having a drink with you. They want to be part of the story. Like yeah. that, that's all this is. There's so many times that we start off on one topic and mm-hmm. we don't even touch that son of a bitch again. Most of the time, people just want to find out who you are. Last, yeah. last night's show that we did, uh, it went from point A 
to like a whole different fucking Greek alphabet. <laughs> like it did. Like it just goes all over. It, that's what it's supposed to do. Yes. Like you, my show should be whoever's sitting here talking with me and the person who's listening, that individual that is listening to the show should almost be like in their head sitting at a bar stool. And, I love that perspective. And yeah. this, that random ass conversation, like I should be saying the shit that that random person that's listening, like they should just be wanting to hear their perspective. Yeah. And, yeah. You, you, uh, you're very knowledgeable though. You're like, you're, 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 I think you're better at this than you realize you are. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Don't, don't be nervous and shit. Good. Don't, don't, I, don't be nervous. I feel way better as we've gotten into it. Like, yeah, this this did. It gave me a well, lot you're of not, confidence. Yeah, you're not. Uh, you're not. You, you, some people, you kind of had a stick up your ass when we started. Like you're <laughs> you're you're a little more relaxed now. You're that's yes. what you got to be. Right. It's nerve wracking hey, at first. <laughs> you know. You know the best podcasts don't sound like the rest of the podcasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do love that. Every fucking podcast that is successful sound completely different. Than mm-hmm. every other podcast. Right. There should be no structure. There should be nothing fucking to it. It should right. just, it should just be having a good time. Yeah, I agree. People just want to come on here and listen. I, I totally agree with that. Even my favorite true crime shows are just people like talking, talking the crimes out. Yeah. The true crime was now like, of course, people want the facts. They want the knowledge. Yeah. So like, you do have to have some sort yeah. of an outline, but I, I do like when you can just kind of you know, get people's perspectives on it. Yeah. This, if you're going to just do cr- true crime ones, that one's probably kind of more difficult, but I think you could do a whole lot more than just true crime. ones. Well, I appreciate that. I really, that actually is one of my goals to expand and do more shows when I'm able to obviously kind of, as I work towards being able to quit my job and kind of doing this as a career. So I really appreciate you saying that Have you, gives me some momentum. So do you drink at all? Yeah, a little, like not often, but maybe, you know, a couple times a month glass of wine. I'm guessing you're a wine drinker. I'm not that much. I, I don't mind a glass you, of wine. What do you I'm, drink? I mostly am just like, if I drink, it's a social drinker. So, you know, maybe like a Monaco. Have what you the had those? fuck they is taste- a Monaco? <laughs> do I look like I fucking drink anything <laughs> called a Monaco? <laughs> okay. Well, it's like a drink and it tastes well, like obviously, Red Bull. It tastes like Red Bull. Yeah. Like just like Red Bull. And what's in it? It's, I think just pretty much vodka and then some flavor. I don't even know. Is it vodka get- and Red Bull? Cause we just call it vodka Red Bull here. I know. I know it tastes like that pretty much, but I don't know. No, more of a mixed drink person. So, and that's kind of what that okay, is. So yeah, you're, you're a child. Uh, <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. Cause I'm a very good idea guy. Very mm-hmm. fucking good idea guy. Yes. So does your mom drink at all? No. Okay, she doesn't. No. I'm going to tell you how you have your best episode ever. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yes. Have a Monaco. Okay, have one <laughs> okay. or two. I don't mm-hmm. know how, how many Monacos does it take you to have like a buzz? Not drunk. Just one. Just one to have a buzz. Yes. yes. Are you tiny? You sound, you look like a tiny person. Um, I'm 5'1". You're a tiny fucking person. So, okay, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So have one Monaco before you start your next show with mom. Okay. Okay. Have one Monaco. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Start it as just you're going to, as if you're going to do a regular ass show. Okay. And then have another Monaco about 10 minutes in. <laughs> and then say, fuck it. And just talk about whatever you want to do along with it. But don't, <laughs> don't have to stay on topic. Don't make yourself stay on topic. Like let the alcohol, like, I'm not telling you to get fucked up, but let the alcohol just relax you to the point to where it's like, let's say, let's say you're talking about, uh, like, let's say that, let's go back to Casey Anthony. Mm-hmm. Let's say the way you're talking about how that she was left in the trunk. Yeah. And you start, you're talking about how, how would, how as a mother, would you have ever left that child alone that long? Like mm-hmm. how, how would you been oblivious to that child? Well, right. instead of you just stating that fact that how she ever left alone, dive into the conversation with you and your mother, because you've got a buzz and you've relaxed to the yeah. point where you're like, mom, would you have ever left me that long? Why, as a mother, what is your perspective on that? Did, can you even wrap your fucking mind around how a mother right. could do that? You, you don't realize that in every sentence or every little bit of dialogue, there's a story that can be told and it stretches out the show, but it gives a different, it gives more of a perspective. It gives, absolutely, it, yeah. gives it gives more of it to where mm-hmm. it's like, even where they said that the kid drowned in some of the shit that the kid yes. fell in the pool and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I'm laying there on the couch, I'm such a light sleeper. There's no way in the world, unless I'm completely fucked up, that the kid opens the door and I don't hear the kid go swimming. Like, right. or, yeah, like there's a stories, but on stories, on stories, a lot yes. of people, when they do the true crime stuff, they just want to state the facts, but they're literally missing every opinion piece that they can dive into. The listener already knows the fucking story. They're listening. Yes, I act- they're listening to you for the opinion pieces. Yeah, no, I, I do really agree with that. I love like a good conversation kind of like, you know, steer off, talk about it, and then come back to the story. I do agree with that. Maybe I'll have to try that, but I'm also a little scared of my mom for that. You're scared of your <laughs> she mom. She doesn't have to know. No, she, she, and she has a reason to, you know, like she has reasons that she doesn't love the drinking. So oh, okay. I'm not scared of her. I just don't want to like be disrespectful to her, but oh, that's good. I know there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing yes. wrong with that. But no, I totally get what you're saying. I do think a lot of good conversation could come out of, like you said, well, like just, having a well, drink you always, at the beginning. Well, you always got to think of this. What are you doing that is different than anybody else? Yeah. You, mm-hmm. ha- you have to do something that is different than anybody else. Totally. And all I can think about is in your shoes, because you're going down the true crimes route, is I haven't heard a podcast that is true crimes, but they're also kind of buzzed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes it interesting. There is a really good one called Morbid, and they do a ton of good conversation. Have you heard them? I haven't. So you'd probably like that. If you like like a good, you know, like good banter mixed in with the true crime, they're they're my favorite. You know how many podcasts I listen to? Not very many because you're busy working on your own. (laughs) I listen to one. I listen listen to Joe Rogan. I listen Mm -hmm. to Ernest. And, mm-hmm. and I listen to me. Yep. Yep. I, I'm fucked up. I listen. I don't listen to all mine. Uh, I, I'm notorious. We do a lot of things called drunk shows. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're like, I need to listen back to that. Yeah. There's been like 
probably 20 shows out of the 200 something that I've done that we'll go two hours, two plus hours or whatever. And that last hour and a half, last hour or whatever that I don't remember. You're like, um, I, well, I don't care. Like I don't, I don't care what's said on there because I don't ever say anything over the top. Yeah. But you want to know what you said. It's always funny. It's always hilarious. I love that. It's always like, fuck. Well, it's just a different way of doing stuff. It's a, that's the, that's the only way to succeed in this shit is you have mm-hmm. to find something because everybody's doing exactly what you're doing. They're doing exactly right. what I'm doing. I'm, yep. t- I'm technically copying, copying Joe Rogan with a lot of stuff that I'm doing. The only thing that makes me different than him is like, I have a lot of women that follow me because I do a lot of stuff with domestic violence. I do a lot of stuff oh, that's with, cool. with, um, which he does a lot of stuff with mental health awareness and everything like mm-hmm. that as well. But uh, my stuff is just geared more toward his is more comedy based. My uh-huh. stuff is kind of comedy based, but it's a little more to the serious side than his. Where you're is. like having like real conversations. Mine and- gets a little bit more serious on the dialogue mm-hmm. sometimes. And mine, uh, even though it doesn't seem like it, we get a little more faith based sometimes. Mine's uh-huh. just enough different than his that it works, that it's not a right. copycat. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff that I model after him, but it's right. just different enough that it's not a completely copycat and version. I, yeah. I think kind of what you're speaking to is like authenticity. Yeah. It's, People want someone that's authentic. And that's yeah. what you mean by people, you know, doing your own thing and being relaxed and being able to just say what you feel. And I do really agree with that. I, I hope to bring that to our show. I have had a lot of people tell me that they enjoy that. Our voices aren't super fake, that we're just kind of talking back and forth about the crime, um, with each other. And then of course, like adding in those interviews, that's kind of like a little twist I did to kind of help, you know, our show stand out, but yeah, the authenticity I think is huge because People don't just want to hear you read a script and never go off. I mean, and maybe they do, but no, they don't, you know, the, the no. authenticity, I think it does have to be there because they're going to listen to you because they like you. They like to feel like they're there with you. So you if you're j- never talking to them, you, you know, j- you just said, you just said the number one thing that all talk show hosts, podcasts, whatever need to remember is yeah. They need to be part of the show. The listener needs to be part of the show. The more that they feel that they are part of you, the better you're going to fucking do. They need to feel like they're in the fucking room. They can go watch any documentary that me and you just sat here and talked about. Absolutely. You have to give them a reason to be part of this. Yes. And and it sounds like you're doing it, though. Like, it really really does. I've been working on it. I think, you know, like in the beginning, I was a little more nervous, even kind of like you said in the beginning of this episode. So, you know, in the beginning, I feel like I, I I still think I was really authentic, but I kind of tried to stay on track. And as I've gone on, I've learned that people really do like that authenticity and you just talking and just having the conversation. Yeah. The more you focus on you just being you and not Uh even the content. Right. Uh, the more that you're just you, the, mm-hmm. the better off you'll be. And here's here's the sad thing about it. You might fail as you as you being you, mm-hmm. but at least you failed as you being you. Yeah, I agree. Because the, the only way you're going to succeed as you being you. 
Yes. Like there, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. If I make it, if you make it, it's because we were are the authentic versions of ourselves. Agree. There's, you there's, can't fake it till you make it here. Yeah. Well, you you can fake it long enough to where you get successful, but then you're gonna hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Like I won't si- be happy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's your life sucks. Yeah, you're that, not. That's literally have that that's, passion. That's literally where Joe Rogan shit saved me in radio. Is I got mm-hmm. to a wall, and I started getting complacent, and I started like kind of forgetting why radio hired me in the first place from social media, and. Right. They, I just, I wasn't happy any fucking more. And I, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. They hired me to be the way that I was when they found me. I didn't audition for this. They wanted me. I'd turn their shit into something really good. And Mm -hmm. now they want to change me into what I'm, what they want me to be. You're like, no, I'm not going to change the mold into what you want. You found me. I am me. And is this why you left to do podcasting? No, they fired me. Oh, they fired me. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, that's literally why the name. Well, we're only called the Josh Terry Podcast now. We're doing a name change going into March. It's not oh, okay. It used to be called until it's technically right now still called Politics, Religion, and Whiskey. But I named it for all the shit I got fired for talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got I like talking about politics. I like talking about religion uh, because I think everybody's fucking stupid in this world. And I think they got blinders on, and I think there's too many people mm-hmm. that don't realize what religion and politics actually are. I'm a Christian. I'm just not a very good one. And (laughs) I think that there's too many people in this world that are blinded by everybody else's opinion. And they don't believe that religion is really set up for to be your own personal relationship with God. And they're too blinded by money and they're blinded by mega churches and they're blinded by who drives the nicest church going to or drives the nicest car going to church and all this type of shit. A hundred percent. I don't, I don't like that shit. I don't either. I don't like it. Uh, and then as far as politics goes, uh, you'd be surprised. I'm not the biggest Trump guy. I, I think he was the best option for our country because he was a businessman and our country should yep. be ran like a business. But there were times that he should have shut the fuck up. And put yeah, his he phone was down. a dick, yeah. but he was the best option. He was the best option that we had. Now we got mm-hmm. Grandpa stupid. And, uh, <laughs> and he's not. And uh, I stated some of these things. Um, and I also... I do uh, living in the South and mm-hmm. uh, looking the way I look with a mm-hmm. beard and a bald head and everything. I do not, uh, can, I do not support the Confederate flag. Um, no. I do not. It's just not for me. And when NASCAR banned it, uh, I said my piece on country radio, why I do not support the Confederate flag. And right. uh, I had death threats on country radio. Oh my gosh, from, you're uh, kidding. From Sons of the Confederacy. So there was a couple of strikes that I had. And there was also a post that I made on social media of me standing in front of an American flag with my ass, uh, bare ass. Oh. <laughs> and it was me telling Antifa they could kiss my ass because they had came to our radio station and they were threatening the police officers. Um, or they came to our town, excuse me, and they were threatening mm-hmm. our police officers and our and everything. And I told them yeah. they kissed my big fat ass. Um, yeah. so I got fired for the shit I believed in, but I always yeah. stand up for the shit I believe in. And then luckily I had some friends with iHeartRadio, and uh they told me they was like, Look, you're a fucking idiot if you go work for any other terrestrial radio station. There's too much money in podcasts, you've already got yep. a big social media following. Do your own shit, start your own studio. Just do be your own fucking boss. And I was like, I'm going to be poor. And uh, all of you guys are going to pay my bills. They right. Said, 
They said, give it four months and some, um, some management company is going to sign you. Four months later, I started October, October the 1st, 2020, um, was our first show in February, I think February the 13th last wow. year, red, mm -hmm. red circle out of Los Angeles signed us. Wow. How cool. I think that's incredible. I think that's a cool story to say that you, you know, you went and you did something that where you could still talk about what you believe in, because I mean, that's not a happy life anyways. Like they did you a favor by firing you so that oh, you that, could come do this and do your thing. That's a fucking look what they did. Yeah. And I think you're going to be happy one day. Uh, I'm, well, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you're not happy now. I'm not, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean it that way. No, I get what you're saying. I just think, I think you got a, I think you got good potential. Don't limit yourself to the true, the true crime stuff. Yeah. You know what? I don't think I'm going to, I, I do uh, want to grow that and kind of and, spread out. And uh, dude, you got to do me a favor though. Cause we fixed, yes. we're fixing to get off here. Start doing two episodes a week. Okay. I'll try. I, there have been, there have been some weeks that I have. So like with the David story, I did that yeah. in two episodes and all that, but yeah, I will try. Yes. I'll, I'll even tell you this. If you need an extra episode a week, mm -hmm. if you just want a shit talk episode or something like that, if you'll text me, okay, I, I'll help you out for a little while till you can get a steady guest because I, okay. I, I told you the other day, there's a big enough piece of the pie for everybody. Yeah. You know what you're supposed to do. Joe Rogan is notorious for this shit to uh -huh. where. He he's helped a lot of his comic buddies and everything to where he pays it forward. And mm -hmm. uh, one thing I believe in is paying it forward. Uh -huh. you know, uh, I just think everybody's supposed to help each other. You know, yeah. people downloading your show don't take away from my shit whatsoever. Right. You know? I totally agree with that. So if there's anything that I can do, and I'll push some, I'll push some guests or what. That I'll, would be incredible. I will, but you got to do more than one a week. If you if okay. you want if you want it to be something. I not I'm not just saying this to you. I say this to everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to do more than one a week. It's got to do something that trends. Okay. You, you got to, you got to put more than, you know, one episode's good. Don't get me wrong. But if you want it to actually be something and you're too talented, probably for it to just be one a week. Okay. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I, I will start working on that. Actually. I do want to take your advice and grow this show. Just have fun with it. You're too yeah. good. At you're too good of a talker for it just to be one a week. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, I should do that. You're very well. I will do that. All right. As we're getting off here, you tell them right now where they can find your show. Uh, tell them the name of your show again. Tell them where they can find you on social media because I want everybody that listens to the show to go check you out and go listen to some of your episodes. Thanks. Yeah. So you can search True Crime Exposed wherever you get your podcasts, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. And then you can find us on Instagram at True Crime Expod. So it's True Crime E-X-P-O-D. And then you can find us on TikTok at True Crime Exposed Podcast. So I do hope you'll go over and check it out. Oh, I thought you I didn't think you was uh, done talking. Oh, well, sorry. This is why you're not supposed to check text messages during shows, folks. Uh, that's my fuck up. Somebody has no, sent, somebody you're sent totally me, fine. Somebody sent me a Snapchat. I was trying to check it. Uh, but anyway, uh, please go check her out. She did an amazing job. Uh, Miss Kayla Waters, thank you for coming on here. Uh, I think she has a great show. I think she's got great potential. She's young. Um, she's only up. Only way up yes. for her. So y'all check here. her. Check her out and uh, everybody. 
Thank y'all for listening to the Josh Terry podcast. Get your raffle tickets now. Uh, we got several to go. As soon as we hit 200 for the $100 truck, uh, we're going to raffle it off. Next week, we will be in Fort Worth, Texas, the 17th through the 20th of February. So y'all come hang out with me at the Stockyards. Thank you to all the sponsors of the show. I love each and every one of y'all. Y'all have a good night.